Taking care of your dogs can be rough. Luckily, your friends over at BarkBox have you covered. Sign up to receive monthly care packages delivered right to your door with food, toys, and treats customized just for your dog. With prices starting at $23 a month and free shipping, now is the time to get started with BarkBox. Use our personalized BarkBox link either in the description or on our social media platforms to get deals, promotions, and more for your favorite pups. What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona Small Balls is better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. It is Monday, January 24th. Reyes is here with me as always, and we're going to start this pod off with a lot of action in the 2A. I wanted to start off with number three Rancho at number 19 Chandler Prep. The score was 52 to 42. Rancho ended up winning Reyes. Does that score spread surprise you a little bit? A little bit, to be honest. You know, I know Chandler Prep has been able to gather up a couple of wins against some good teams. But, you know, Rancho just came back from an East Coast trip. They played some teams, I think, from, like, New York and New Jersey. And stuff. And New York. Stop that. <laughs> Stop that. Um, it looked like a lot of fun. I wish I could have gone. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure Coach Trigg and his kids, you know, they competed well and stuff like that. Played against some different competition, obviously. And, you know, they were ready to come back in the States and, you know, just kind of carry on what they've been doing already in the two-way and stuff. So for Chandler Prep to hang in there within 10, you were actually able to watch the game. Uh, I was a little surprised, but, you know, hats off to Chandler Prep. Shows that they got some fight, have some definitely talented kids there that can really go. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to see as we approach that playoffs. Hold on. You said that it, it kind of surprises you. Come on, be honest. You always talk about being honest. How how big does that score spread surprise you? Because it surprised I mean, it, me like it, crazy. It, it surprised me like crazy, honestly. I I think we mentioned off camera. Uh, I did have – Off had, camera. What did you say last time? Behind closed doors? Behind closed doors. <laughs> off camera. I had Rancho, you know, running away against Chandler Prep, to be honest. And that's not a knock on Chandler Prep. It's just that what – the weapons that Rancho has. I know we've already talked about it in previous episodes, so I'm not going to go into it. But, you know, hats off to, like I said, hats off to Chandler Prepper, you know, sticking with them and playing it kind of tight. The bottom line is this, okay? Chandler Prep, this game was at home for them, so Chandler Prep was ready to go. Rancho was not ready to go for this game. They were missing some people that, I, if I remember right, I did not see Noe Vargas out there. And I don't know if his brother was there or not. So if those two are missing, those are big pieces to miss. But honestly, even if you take those kids away, Rancho still is the better team on paper. They just, the reality is they weren't ready to go. And man, Coach Trigg, I've always had some some respect for Coach Trigg. I like how he runs his squads and stuff. Reyes, he called a timeout. And I've you could hear every single word he was yelling at his kids. It, I mean, he got into them, man. It was crazy. What's your thoughts about that, you know? Because I know, like, especially the soft culture that we're in, you know, um, sometimes people don't like when coaches are too hard on their kids and they're screaming at them. 
but I mean, I, we come from obviously different backgrounds and we come from that different era of where we like, we, you know, obviously, you know, we scold our kids, we get after them, you know, it's lots of fire under them usually. Um, we scold our kids. <laughs> I don't want to really yell because I feel like I'm trying to think of like another word. No, I loved it and, and I love it. You know, it was, I forget, I think it was maybe midway through the first quarter. Coach Trey called his timeout and he just yelled at these kids, get over here right now. And I mean, what he said to him, I thought was great. He said, you think you can just come in and beat these guys? Like you have to play good right now. They are way better than us. And he starts going into all these ways. And it was funny. I mean, you could hear him so clearly because it was a quiet gym and he was like, really, he's getting after these kids. So it's holding them accountable. I loved it. And I, I think no matter what, no matter what your method is, you have to hold your kids accountable, right? And for some coaches, it's, you know, like you kind of get angry and yell a little bit. This is the first time I've ever seen Coach Trigg do that before. But I think it's just important for all coaches to to hold their kids accountable, you know? And Rhea, so this is a pretty easy, like, softball lob question to you. So I'm hoping you can hit it out of the park. Why would you say softball? I mean, like, slow pitch softball, you know? Yeah, well, I'm MLB. <laughs> So this should be easy for you then. So you shouldn't have to worry about it. Is there anything more frustrating than coaching effort, especially at this point in the season? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, it is. It's so frustrating because it shouldn't be something you have to worry about. You know, we're in the second half of the season. We're approaching February. For a lot of these teams, you know, it's kind of gearing up towards the playoffs. Like, we shouldn't have to emphasize what it's going to take to be that team down the road to be at that dance you should already know and you should just do yeah. it right you know you should be ready you know that's a talk that you guys talk about during preseason obviously the first half of the season but as of right now where teams are at effort shouldn't be an issue you shouldn't have to you know raise your voice or yell at your kids to you know give you effort like they should already do it for themselves because they want to like the coaches can't want it more than the kids at the end of the day mm. and here's the thing like this was my biggest takeaway from even watching that game because I wasn't even watching it as a – I wasn't even planning on covering this game. I wasn't even doing it for the pod. I was just doing it for me. I just – I like watching Rancho because they run some really good action. And watching it, though, there's so many times where I feel like – and I don't know if you can relate, but I feel like we're the only ones that struggle with, like, kids not being focused or not being ready to go. The reality is, man, like, we're all coaching kids, you know, and, like – kids are kids and people are people and like there's going to be sometimes when they're not ready to go and you just have to kind of work through that but I, I don't know that that's kind of what I took from that uh, you know Chandler Prep they led by double digits in the first half number 15 for Chandler Prep Noah Rasmussen is a really good guard for Chandler Prep there was a point in the game Reyes where I think it was right to end the first quarter he was dribbling he like did a behind the back crossover pretty much at the logo and took like this super deep three. Like it was super, he just drained it and everybody goes crazy. And you just know, like as a coach, that makes you so mad. You're like, man, these kids, these kids are making everything and my kids aren't playing the way they should be. But he was a really good player. They competed super hard. They took it right to Rancho at home. Reality is Rancho is still better. Uh, and just, I don't know, I think for me, the, the message with that is coaches, you're not alone. If you have your kids that don't seem focused here going into the mid-January area or end of January, 
everybody's got kids that, that are struggling with that because, you know, that's just, that's part of the game. So uh, anyways, uh, Rancho ends up squeaking away one with 10 points. They're going to get Chandler prep again at home. Hopefully they can have a better showing. I also want to talk about Phoenix Christian and Scottsdale Christian, because also just staying in the two A. Reyes, I know that you've been able to watch a little bit about Phoenix Christian. What are your overall thoughts about Phoenix Christian from what you remember? It? I mean, they're a pretty legit squad in my mind. Uh, just from what I remember, they're young. Mm-hmm. They got some really great guards that are tough, gritty. Uh, they're, not, they're not scared of anybody. They don't care who they're playing against. They're just going to go out there and go get it. Um, they can shoot the ball a little bit, but their main attributes, they can handle the ball really well and break down the defense. And I feel like they do a great job creating for themselves, but as well as their teammates. Um, Phoenix, like I said, Phoenix Christian from the games I have seen, I didn't see the Scottsdale game, but I remember you were talking about, obviously, you know, we were sharing on Twitter about how they competed really well against Scottsdale and how they didn't back down. Um, it just goes to show of what the coaching staff has been able to do with that program and the kids that are buying in and seeing the results, even though they did lose to Scottsdale, it showed that, like, they can compete with anybody on any given night. I mean, they're super physical. Everything you said is right. Super physical, super handsy. Uh, that sounds kind of weird, but it's really physical. Yeah, just like they get their hands and all that stuff. And, you know, they're just – they're right there with you. Very aggressive on defense. This whole game, they're pretty much within 12. And, you know, in, in watching the game, Scott Star Christian was just better than them, but not by much. One of the nicest plays that I've seen is uh, Garrison Sherman drove in the lane and did like this really nasty reverse dunk. Scottsdale Christian posted a thing on a highlight on Instagram, so I got to see it again, but it was really nice. I mean, it was legit. It was a reverse on a kid in the lane in traffic. It was pretty sweet. But Phoenix Christian has some guards that I think are, for if you're a Phoenix Christian fan, uh, you know, it's reason to be excited. But if you're a member of, the metro region maybe you have some cause for concern for these kids because they're really legit okay so number 20 micah carter he's a great guard for them he has great defense he's really long and athletic man he deed up um he deed up fan pretty good in the full court a couple times i mean he was able to move and he was right there with him at number 22 for phoenix christian tommy randolph i thought he was the best i don't know if you remember seeing this kid I thought he was the best of the guards. He's tough off the dribble. He's strong and athletic. He can really find people. I thought he needs to be more aggressive, though, because in this game, in the whole first, like, three quarters, he was kind of aggressive, but he would kind of try to kick out to people. And that fourth quarter, he started really going off. At one point, it was like a seven-point game, I think, with, like, like, six, five minutes left in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, they're right there. I really liked him as a guard. Number four, Xavier Sandoval is also a really good guard for them. And then number number 24, Jace Hagen as well. Scottsdale's still number one in the Metro. But do you think Phoenix Christian, because I mean, I still think Scottsdale Christian is number one in the Metro. There is a number two, right, obviously. There's Phoenix Country Day and Phoenix Christian still in the Metro. Do you think that Phoenix Christian is better than a Phoenix Country Day? I mean, we were actually able to see Phoenix Country Day. I've watched a couple of games against ALA Lutheran, um, just a couple of other schools that they played against. You know, Phoenix Country Day, they do have some kids. They got, like, a, I think it's a sophomore or freshman point guard. He's pretty tough. But I noticed that when you play up on them and just the style of Phoenix Christian, the way they play defense, it could give Phoenix Country Day some problems. They really rely on their big. I already forgot his name, but he's about, like, 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, the kids. Can- he's good. 
Dante Fell, yeah, he he's tough, man. He's a handful for sure for anybody. I feel like Phoenix Christian can really contend for that number two spot in their region. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do become that, um, that number two spot. Uh, I don't know if these teams have met yet, but when they do, I know it's coming up recently. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Phoenix Country Day handles Phoenix Christian's pressure. I, I agree with you. I think that Phoenix Christian, kind of their strength, plays into the weakness of PCD. PCD is a great squad, so is Phoenix Christian. They haven't played each other yet. They're going to play each other for the first time on February 4th. Yeah, they'll play them for the first time on February. They'll only play them one time, even though they're in their region? Well, I think, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, mistaken that their region is pretty big. So, so they only play each other once then? I believe so, yes. I think that's the reason why. Okay. I know it's a little like, confusing, but I think because a lot of the two-way teams, stuff like that, their regions are always just so big. Yeah. Like, if you count, one, two, three, there's four. There's only six. Oh, there's only six. Eh, never mind. Yeah, it's kind of odd. I wish they got to play them two times, but they'll play them on February the 4th. And I do think that Phoenix Christian, right now, just looking at it, I think that Phoenix Christian is probably the, the second best team in the Metro right behind Scottsdale. But how cool Phoenix Christian is able to steal one from Scottsdale at home because this game was at Scottsdale. Phoenix Christian gets them at home next time. So maybe they can squeeze that one out. I mean, that'd be very interesting to see what happens. You think yeah. they could do that? I, I wouldn't be surprised, man. Like I said, you were able to watch the game. You saw how hard they play. And if that guard, like you said, if he just doesn't become so passive and begin, becomes more aggressive, you know, they and like you said, they bring it within seven. I wouldn't be surprised. They pick up the pressure there. They've seen Scott, so they see what they're about. Um, I could definitely see it happening. You know, it's always fun to believe that a Phoenix Christian could take down a Scottsdale Christian for sure. It just depends who prays more, who prays harder that night. Everybody loves an upset. Everybody loves an upset. The only people who don't love an upset are the obviously fans of the team who is the favorite team, you know, but no, most people, people love the upset. People that don't like upsets are losers. I'm just kidding. Wow. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot really? cakes. <laughs> We're going to have some hot takes coming pretty soon. We will. Stay tuned for that. We're not going to give too much away. So stop it. It's about to get wild on the pod. Okay. Just saying. Okay, let's move on to some 3A action. Uh, Palo Verde Magnet played against Saguaro. This was the game on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I love Palo Verde Magnet. I think they're a great squad. I'm not, I didn't really get to watch this game. I tried to find this game a lot, but I couldn't really find any film on it. Palo Verde Magnet just competes, man. They've competed really hard against Pushridge. They've competed really hard against Sabino. And here's the thing. We talk about small ball teams, and, okay, they played against Pushridge. I think that was like a six-point game, and they played against Sabino. I think that was like a seven-point game around there, maybe a little bit more than that. I think it was a little more than seven. But either way, Palo Verde Magnus competed with some of the really good teams in their region and in the 3A because those are two of the top teams in the 3A. Saguaro is number 10 in the 4A. Okay, and, and here's the thing. We talk about small ball teams playing against bigger schools, right? And, you know, all our kind of MO, our mantra is just because you're from a small school doesn't mean that you're not good, right? And, and the opposite is also true. Just because you're from a big school doesn't mean that you're good. And, you know, you have some teams that play like mid-major big schools, like in like the 30s or whatever. Like Saguaro is a legit squad, number 10 in the 4A. Palo Verde Magnet was within 12, pretty much the majority of the game. Here's my question. Okay, I want you to, you know how I love putting you on the hot seat. Yes. They've already lost to Pushridge and Sabino. 
Okay, these were away games at Pushridge, at Sabino. Do you think Palo Verde Magnet can steal a game from one of the big dogs in the South being Pushridge or Sabino? Because both games are at home the second part of the season. Ah, oh, man. you Okay, that's a tough one. E. I like Paulo Verde Magnet. You know what I mean? They have a great guard in Antonio Mar- Martinez. I think he's averaging about, I think, 23, 24 points a game. So they do have a lot of firepower. He's one of the top scorers in the three. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, they got they got a ton of firepower for sure. I think they're second uh, best scorer. I think um, it's number two. What's his name? Something Briggs, I believe. Um, Ooh, I like that name, though. I want to name Briggs. my son Briggs. Really? Yeah. So that he's averaging. Jenny would have let me. She never let me. <laughs> he's averaging about 17 a game. Uh, looks like he's averaging about 17, five and three assists. I mean, he fills up the stat sheets as well. Um, I like Paulo Verde Magnet. They're very scrappy. I like the way they run their offense. You know, defensively, they get after it. Do I think they can steal a game in the South? That's where it gets a little tricky because they did lose to, I mean, they played uh Pushridge fairly close, if I remember right, correct? They played yeah, it was like a seven-point game. And then they lost to Sabino by 11? Yeah, it was around there. I think they could get Pushridge, but I don't think they'd be able to steal him from Sabino. But I think they can beat Tank Verde, Pushridge, and a Safford for sure mm. out of those three teams. Because obviously Catalina's a given, and that's not a knock on Catalina. They're just having a down year this year. I think, <laughs> I think they lost – to Sabino 76 to zero. So, I mean, oh, just, I totally, I spaced on that. Oh my gosh. I know we don't talk about like scores that are crazy, but I mean, that's just the scoreless wild. game. I have only, I don't know that I've ever seen a scoreless game, like a true scoreless game. And the Sabino was in the seventies. So, I mean, that's just kind of, kind of eye opener. You're like, Whoa, what's going on here? Um, there's what, some, do you, what do you, what are you telling your team in the locker room? You don't score a point in the whole game. What do you tell the team in locker room after the game? After the game, it's so hard to stay positive because if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Catalina, I believe, is 0-7 or something yeah. like that. And the the point margin, I think they lose about by like 30 a game, 30 to 40 a game. So, I mean, if you're a coach and you're trying to keep your kids motivated, um, especially if you have a couple of seniors that are really invested into the team, I think you just kind of have to – obviously, you know, you first you got to be transparent. You can't sugarcoat anything like that. And I think you just kind of break it to them straight. Like, hey, look, like we could either just sorrow, lay back, and just finish out this season, oh, and whatever. Or, hey, no, like whatever games we have left, let's just give it a full effort and just kind of see what happens. You know, I think just that's have fun, thing. right? Just have fun. Uh, just place it on the, the team locker room. Whatever you need to get going – I say do it. I think I would walk into the locker room and I would just say, the refs just blew that game and just bring it in and then just leave. That's it. 76 is your like, hey, man, those <laughs> refs were just awful. <laughs> I mean, did you see all the foul calls they missed? Let's go bring it in. It, it was just the refs. Let's go, guys. Let's go it eat. Where, do you, where do you guys want to eat? Dinner's on me, right? I'm thinking about it right now. I don't. I actually don't know if Paulo Verde Magnet can steal a game from Push Ridge. No, I don't think. I know it's at home, though, so it's at Paulo Verde. That'll help them. That's going to help them, but like I said, Pushridge is a really tight niche team. They got a pretty good squad. Now oh, that's interesting. I think they can still for sure tank Verde and a Safford, but that Pushridge game, if they were trying to steal a game to really boost them in the rankings or something like that, or just for PowerPoints, they would have to be Pushridge. 
Yeah, I don't see them stealing, even though it's at home, I don't see them being able to get over the hump against Pushridge or Sabino. I think it's going to be close, just like that. But I think these two teams are just a little bit better than Palo Verde Magnet right now. Again, Palo Verde Magnet is a great team, uh, really competitive, got some great players there. But I just think that Pushridge and Sabino, the two, I feel like that region is just really between those two teams right now. I, I just, I think they're just a little bit better than, than the other teams there. So, okay, we got to talk about this. What the heck is going on over at Eastmark and ALA Gilbert North? Because we don't know a whole lot about it, but we know a little bit about it. What the heck's going on over there? Well, per... This is unconfirmed. I'm taking that from the from the Lincoln Prep coach. It's unconfirmed. Unconfirmed from what we've heard from the Grapevine. Um, I bet you haven't heard that in a minute. The Grapevine, but actually, I hear it all the time. Do you really? Uh, yeah, you I should, really do. Yeah. I'm about to say you're surrounded by older people. So that makes sense. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> so I mean, just per sources of what we've been hearing, we've heard that there's been some transfers floating around that have are now eligible to compete. And I believe the school that's been producing, they're like a JUCO, I guess. Not, not really. We're not throwing shade <laughs> on any. We're not throwing any shade at any school. We're just making jokes. Uh, but I believe that uh, Eastmark and Ala Gilbert North were, were both very fortunate to pick up some transfers from Perry, which is for those of you who don't know, they're six A, and in their six A conference, I believe they're like a top five team. So I mean, shows you what kind of kids they're getting. And since they've gotten those transfers, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, when LA Gilbert North beat Valley Christian, I believe that that real big push that they got was from that Perry kid. If I'm not mistaken, correct? Their transfer kid. Yeah. So there's and it was funny. Like I thought for a second, you know, because we get people right into the show all the time on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And for all you guys who do that, thank you. But. You know, I have to like filter what we get because sometimes, you know, we get things and I'm like, is that true? Is that not true? It, one of the coaches sent me something about uh, a kid for LA Gilbert North, McGuire Andrus. And I was like, okay. And I said his name on the pod. And then I looked him up. I couldn't find anything about him. And I'm like, oh, was this coach like just trying to like make me look like an idiot? Like this kid doesn't even exist, you know? But it makes sense, though. That was the kid who transferred from Perry, and that game against Valley Christian was his first eligible game. Kid had 31 points. That's what I'm saying. So it kind of goes to show, and that's not a knock on And that's unconfirmed. 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 Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Put an asterisk next to that. And that's not a knock on Gilbert North. You know, that's not a knock on Dylan Novak, but it's just saying that, like, hey, like, if this – if the sources are confirmed, it's very interesting how that region is going to play out as well as for Eastmark, because Eastmark, while Gilbert North was able to get one transfer, if I'm not mistaken, I think Eastmark was able to get a couple. I think it's two. As, as I said, a couple, you know, per sources. Unconfirmed. 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 And if you look back at it, I think those two transfers were able to play against Valley Christian. I know Valley and- Christian has been the, the receiver of all of these transfers right when they're eligible. I kind of yeah. like that. That's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because, I mean, tra- Scott, I mean, Valley Christian did get two transfers as well. Three transfers, technically. That is true. That is true. They got, they got three. Man, That's that re- true. What are we talking about? I'm Ooh. saying, like, they're the receivers of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, you're right. Uh, Eastmark lost to Valley by one. I was super surprised to see that because and we talked about Eastmark 
on the last pod, Eastmark is good. They have talented kids, super strong, athletic. They play hard. But they're kind of like this. If you look at their scores, you know, one game, they just take care of a team. Another game, it's, it's closer than you might think, you know. So and when I saw that, I was like, oh, shoot. And then we got from sources unconfirmed that they got some transfers from Perry that were just eligible that night. I was like, oh, well, that makes a little bit more sense as to why they were able to compete with value like that. I mean, they had a chance to win it at the end, from what I understand. So, I mean, that's just what we've been hearing. That's just kind of the news that's floating around in the small ball space. It's kind of interesting to see how it's going to really play out in that region now, especially and specifically for Valley Christian, because Gilbert North, number one in their region, if I'm not mistaken. They are. They haven't lost yet. They haven't lost yet. Valley lost to Gilbert North. Valley beat Eastmark. And if I'm not mistaken, Gilbert North also beat Gilbert Christian. Mm. Didn't Gilbert Christian get some transfers? Or no? No, they didn't. They did. Okay, I just want to make not, sure. Not, not, not that I know of. I don't know. Unconfirmed. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to spread false, false. Yeah, we're not false here to things, spread false news, but it's what we've heard. So I mean, that region just got a little bit more interesting, and I'm curious to see how it plays out, especially towards the end. Anytime you get transfers, it's oh, I say that like we've got transfers. We we've never got transfers before. We've never. We never. <laughs> I'm been sorry, before. that's not true. We've gotten transfers, but it was just Xavier. The kid, wait, this love kid. the kid to death. We okay, hold on. This is quick, and then we'll get right back. No, let, me, let, let me explain his background for those of you listening. <laughs> when we heard that we got a transfer, the kid was coming from Mountain Point. For those of you who pay attention, it's a 6A school, and so we were we're sitting there like, Hey, hey now, we, uh, here we go. We just finished the last season. Uh, I think we went 26 and four, something like that. We got bumped in the first round, and so we were really trying to make it a great year this year for some of our seniors and then the kid was coming down as a senior come to find out and it's not the knock the kid played super hard his work ethic was great one of my favorite kids i've ever coached honestly i loved him he's a great kid man but you know when you hear transfers it's not always a 6'3 185 pound stud that's just a rock star in their sport or they're given a sport this kid was about five six Five five, 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 five. Quick little guy. Um, can handle the ball a little bit, but he was just a turnover machine. And we're not no, even trying now, to you're just like ragging on. He's not even here to defend himself, man. You're right. That's right. You're right. That's right. Um, X, you're the bomb, dude. We love you and we miss you. You need to come back and see one of our home games at some point because we just want to see you again. But, but yeah, we just, it's funny. Like we got that transfer and we're like, hey, watch out. Here it comes. And then it was like, oh, all right, well, cool. You know, like, yeah, you're going to help us can, in some ways, you know. Can you explain when you coached him? When I coached him? Yeah, what was he – what team was he on? He was on my JV squad. Yeah, yeah. so – And he was, he was my point guard. I mean, he, he did a great job, but, yeah. Seriously, one of my favorite kids I ever coached. Love Anyways, that, that that's a side piece. We – you know, that this is becoming kind of the region of the transfers, you know, so it's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting to see how it'll play out. One of the biggest things about a transfer when you get them or multiple, can you put all the pieces together, right? You can get these really good kids all at the same team. You got a lot of talent. Can you actually put it together and get them playing together with some good chemistry? Cause you don't got that much time. You got what, like six games, seven games for the playoff start. So, I mean, you're right there. It's crunch time. It's going to be interesting, like I said, how it's going to play out in that region specifically. 
Because East Park, LA, Gilbert, North Valley. I mean, I don't know, man. We're going to talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. So speaking of a Valley team, let's talk about another Valley team, but it's in the 1A. We got a couple of things to say here in the 1A, and then we're going to move on to our second segment. North Valley Christian, we talked about them a lot in the beginning of the season, and then we haven't talked about them much because they were a little bit down. North Valley is on a run in the 1A. They've got a six-game winning streak. They have wins over Salome, Joseph City, and Baba Kavari. I really like Northwest currently right now. They're ranked number four in the 1A, so they're, they're slowly inching their way back up. One of the more competitive teams in the 1A for sure. They play Northwest this week. That's mm-hmm. 1A all the way up to the 3A. You know it's going to be a great test for North Valley Christian. Do you think North Valley has what it takes to steal one from Northwest, or do you think Northwest is going to be too strong, physical, disciplined for the squad? It's, it's interesting because, like I said, North Valley, great program, great kids. Um, the coach is doing a great job. Both, both great programs, you know. So Yeah, Coach Cook over there at Northwest has been doing a great job with those kids. Uh, we were actually able to see Northwest fairly uh, fairly recent, and I watched some film on them. It's, it's hard to say because Northwest is almost very similar to Eastmark. As the, if you look at some of their games, you know, they win some and then they lose some. And it's so hard to tell because when they come ready to play, they play oh, they're, they're one of the best. I mean, they played Valley. Is it like a three, four point game or something? I believe so. Or maybe, maybe it was six. Who knows? Um, I can see that score right now. Uh, they played Valley Christian 56 to 62. So was that six points? I believe. I think so. Yeah. So they played Valley to a six point game. But then that next night, they lose the pace in 35 to 58. So it's just kind of interesting to see, like, it kind of depends on what Northwest you're going to get that night. Because Northwest, their kids are not overly talented, but they play super hard, and that's what they make up for it. Their strength, they're very physical on defense. They cover a lot of ground in their zone. When they go man, it's kind of hard because they got their Andrew Best, who's about like 6'9", that can cover the paint pretty well. They got another kid too, number 32. He's probably about like, what, 6'5", I would say, 6'4", give or take. But, I mean, Northwest, they have a shooter in Logan Mosier who if he has a green line and if he's hitting that night, it's pretty, pretty tough night for any team. But I would have to give it to Northwest Christian. I think that this is going to be their bounce-back game, not necessarily to, like, call North Valley a bounce-back team or a rebound team. I just think that Northwest is due for a win. I agree with you. I think Northwest will end up winning this game. And, you know, the one of the things about Northwest that I think is – and about that pacing game, I will say this. Their Logan Mosier was not there. I think they were missing another kid as well. And, you know, we know this now. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, again later on. But Payson is a little, they're a legit squad. I mean, they're, they're going to be a contender for the state playoffs. So uh, they're playing a lot of teams to some close games. So, yeah. Anyways, I think Northwest Christian is going to win. One of the best things about Northwest Christian is what they run. Because while they're not the most, like, overly talented or skilled squad, the action that they run really allows them to gain a, an advantage over the defense, whether it's through back cuts or through rub screens or switches or handoffs. It really helps them to, to be successful. So, yeah, Coach Cook does a great job over there. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, as always, Northwest is a competitor in the 3A. Last game I want to talk about in the 1A, St. David was at Desert Christian. Number five, St. David beats number nine, Desert Christian. And this is a pretty odd. I mean, this game was super close. 
I actually just watched this game last night. I think it was actually earlier on in the week. But number two, Jacob Goodwin is really good for St. David. And then for uh, for Desert Christian, number four, Bennett Vondrak is just an athlete. Number two, I think maybe number three. I can't remember who it is. I think his name is Adam Vavale. He is so tough off the dribble for Desert Christian. He can penetrate, find people. He's really a big part of what they do. Both teams, and this really stuck out to me about St. David and Desert Christian. Both teams move the ball really well and are pretty patient. St. David did some pick and roll stuff, and that really kind of helped them. St. David ended up winning this game 56 to 51. The story of this game down the stretch was free throws. That's really what won the game. Desert Christian was kind of unable to execute down the stretch. They were up by seven with like four minutes left in the fourth quarter, like four minutes left in the game. And there was an intentional foul, I think, that was called. A bunch of free throws. Desert Christian just couldn't capitalize on the ball when they had it. They couldn't really score, put together a solid possession. I can see both of these teams, even though Desert Christian lost, I can see both of these teams not losing again until the playoffs. And I can also see them winning their respective regions because they're both really, really solid. And again, we talked about this with the 1A. There's a lot of really competitive teams here. Have you gotten a chance to see Desert Christian play? I haven't, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I, and I was the one that kept talking about him over the, uh, the summer, the fall. Like, I was the one boasting him up. And since this season, I have not watched. You got to watch him, man. I need to. I know. I have been slacking. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry, Desert Christian. If you guys, any of you guys listen to this, I will get back on and I will ride the train again. I promise you guys. Here's uh, what you need to do, right? Right when we hop off the pod, you need to go on NFHS Network, go to the search bar, type in Desert Christian, hit the name, hit on demand. You can see like eight of their games on there. Okay. I will do that. I'm telling you, Reyes, they're good. They're a good squad. They're one of the top ones in the 1A. They're going to be there at the end. It's going to be fun. All righty. Sounds good. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I like I, said, I like Desert Christian. I like how hard they play. They got a great card. And um, I, I know. You put them on the map for me, so I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, I know. So stop it. <laughs> by, by the way, I like your shirt. Oh, thanks, man. For those of you who don't know, you guys are probably wondering where the infamous red shirt's at. Um, I changed it up a little bit. You know, try to spark it up a little bit. I'm wearing blue right now. For those of you guys that just listened to the audio. Yeah. Hey, just so Reyes has a chance to defend himself. Reyes, why do you always wear a red shirt? Because every time we record, I literally get off work. I come straight home and I hop on the pod just for you guys. So don't don't hate on the red shirt, okay? I know you know who I'm talking to because you're listening to this. Don't hate on the red shirt. He does it for the pod. We, you, we always say that. You just got to do it for the pod. His name rhymes with Xavier. <laughs> That's not even a word. Okay, here's the last thing I wanted to talk about. And uh, this, was a, this is a cool thing. Uh, I want to talk about Parker. And uh, really, I just wanted to shout out one specific kid. Now, this is not the best shout out. Uh, <laughs> Leo Scott Jr. Okay, I, that's actually a pretty good LeVar, I think. I don't know. I don't uh, think so. You don't think so? That's fine. It doesn't matter well, what you there's, think. There's only right. one. There's only one. That's true. You're right. There's only one. So uh, Leo Scott Jr. is the forward, small forward for Parker. And if you've never seen this kid play, the kid plays super hard. He's got a good shot. He's pretty skilled. He's hard to he, – he's a tough matchup for some kids. Uh, what I want to say about Leo Scott, just to congratulate him, the kid hit 1,000 points this past week against Odyssey Prep. And the thing that's pretty cool about this is 
He didn't really play his freshman year. His sophomore year, he played quite a bit. His junior year, he missed a lot because of injuries. And his senior year, obviously, he's played quite a bit. So he really reached 1,000 points in like two and a half seasons, which is pretty cool for him. The kid plays really hard. Right now, he's averaging about 24 a game. I think he's fifth in all of the 3A in scoring. So if you look at their record, they're ranked like number 34, and they're like right at 500. So, I mean, they're, they're competing, and, and they're, they're playing really hard. I wanted to shout out Leo Scott Jr., though, because the kid does play super hard. He's a super bright kid, too. I think he's got a super high GPA. And, um, yeah, the, the best thing about it is it totally caught me off guard in my feed. All I saw was LeVar Ball. And here's LeVar Ball shouting out Leo Scott Jr. I just thought it was super funny because LeVar Ball is just such a character. Yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to, shout out to you, Leo Scott, for hitting 1,000 points. Um, a lot of kids don't hit that milestone. So uh, hats off to you for hitting that. You know, that's kind of cool that you got LeVar Ball to shout you out like that. That's, I know it caught me off guard too. I was like, what's LeVar Paul doing on Leo Scott's uh, story? And, you know, you see that, you get you off guard. But, I mean, it's pretty cool. So, I mean, that's cool. I said, Parker, fun fun team, you know, great coach, uh, great kids over there. You know, hopefully Leo Scott continues to keep balling. It seems like he really wants to further his education as well as his athletic career. So, hopefully he's able to hit that as well. How how close were you to uh, to hitting a thousand points, Reyes, in high school? I was probably about eight hundred points off. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a bucket, as kids would say in high school. You know I, what I'm gonna do this week? I, I've said it before, but I'm gonna do it this time. I'm gonna post that video of you crossing that kid over. <laughs> oh, the man. world the world needs to see it, Reyes. The world does need to see it, as well as knowing that we did get blown out by like 30 that game they don't need to know that they just need to know the crossover for well, you guys is. reyes has done one of the most ankle-breaking crossovers that i've ever seen the kids and were it, in ACL. not really <laughs> not really no but he got hurt though remember he had to like limp yeah. off he got hurt he did get pretty hurt and then i i, <laughs> I remember i passed up the ball and then my our other teammate just got blocked <laughs> Or it went on like the side of the. I don't even remember. We were just so awful that year. I am gonna post it because it's it's good. Everybody yeah. needs to see it. So yeah, um, I uh, just wanted to shout out uh, Leo Scott Jr. and Parker. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Uh, your senior season is going pretty well. So uh, we're gonna move on to our next segment here. We're gonna preview our our region championships. Okay, we're gonna preview who we think is going to win. Each region in the 3A, that's coming up next. But first, check this out. With all these region games going on, we wanted to make some predictions about region champs. This week, we're going to make our best predictions of each region for the 3A. We're going to do the 2A next week and so on and so forth. Let's kick this thing, this, let's kick this thing off, Rez. Are you ready? Oh, man, I was born ready for this. Uh, hopefully, I get the stir up. Hopefully I get to make people, some people mad on this, you know? Well, that's never the goal for, to make people that's, mad, right? That's not the goal, but you know me, I do like a little bit of, not controversy necessarily, but I think I just like a little bit of an argument, you know? You ever seen like those little memes where it's like, I don't even know how to say it, like, I don't even know, like, I can't even think of one right now, but it's like a guy like sitting outside, he's got a table and he's like, make me, make me like, not right. 
I can't explain. It. I know I sound really <laughs> stupid right now. I know what you're saying. You just I fumbled the bag. Head. I just I don't just forget. I fumbled the bag. No, I'll help you. I'll, I'll help no, you. I'll lift forget. you up. That's what we do. We're friends. I lift you up. The guy who sits on a, a on a table and he says it's like a sign on the front and it says like Twizzlers are better than Red Vines. Change my mind. Yeah, there we go. See, I'm there you go. That's an slow. assist. That's one assist for me. That's an assist. I like that. Okay, so let's start it off with the north. Okay, so we got Alchese, Chin Lee, Monument Valley, Page, Tuba City, and Window Rock. I'm going to give you my pick first. Okay. Oh, yeah. I feel like the 3A north is really between two teams. I think the race is really between Monument Valley and Tuba City. And I'm going to pick my winner for the 3A north. It's who I picked early on. I'm going to stick with it, Tuba City. Okay, Tuba City's playing really well right now. They got a really good big who I just watched them play earlier this week. They're getting better and better. They're really well coached. I picked Tuba City over. They've already beaten Chin Lee. I picked Tuba City in the 3A North. Interesting. So for my pick in the North, I have actually Monument Valley in the North. I do think that they will get over the hump of Tuba City. I think they play them fairly recent or are going to play them fairly recent. And then, yeah, I have Monument Valley coming out of the North. That's kind of the fun thing about this monument, because I do believe it's Monument Valley Tuba City. I mean, the fact the fact is it's between those two. Yeah. They play each other. They haven't played each other yet, so they still play each other two times. Exactly. So that's going to be fun to watch, man. That's Talk about the stakes being very high. Why do you think Monument Valley is better than Tuba City? It's not that I necessarily think that they're Mr. better. Mr. Controversy. It's not that I think that they're better. I just think that Monument Valley will be able to steal a game or two Again, I, if I'm being realistic, I think that they'll probably both split a game. You know, um, they like I said, they beat Chen Lee, they beat Page, they got Window Rock fairly soon, actually. And then, like I said, they play Snowflake. So I think, I don't know, just that the teams that they're playing as I mean, obviously, you know, Tuba City plays some tough teams as well. But I just like what Monument Valley has, their guard play. I think it's a little bit better than Tuba City, even though Tuba City does have that, that big, I think it's like 6'6. Six, six. So, I mean, I like Monument Valley a little bit better, and that's why I just chose them to come out of the north. I do agree with you that Monument Valley, they have more guards and more formidable guards as a whole than Tuba City does. But Tuba City has a couple pretty good guards, and they got the big, too. And Monument Valley is kind of lacking a big. So it'll be cool to see who ends up coming out on top of that one. We'll definitely be looking for it. Okay, let's check out the west now. You good with that? So Tuba City, and then you got... And you got Monument, Monument Valley. Valley. Okay, yeah, we got we got to maybe we, we should make a bet on this, huh? I like that. You know, we should have like maybe we can do something with the fans too as well. You know, maybe they can check pick who who they think, and if someone like guesses them all right, maybe we can give them a prize. Get them a suite at the next Phoenix Suns game. <laughs> no, I think something a little just more go crazy longer. like a, like a five hundred six hundred dollar thing. All right, let's move on to the West. You got Kingman, Odyssey Institute, Parker, Leo Scott Jr., Tonopah Valley, and Yuma Catholic. I feel like the winner for this West region is kind of a clear-cut winner. Who do you got for this one? I think we're both going to agree. I, 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 I'm the same way. It's pretty clear-cut. I think Yuma Catholic uh, gets out of the region with flying colors. Um, that's not with a flying colors? Flying colors, like a rainbow. The luck of the Irish. At the end of the rainbow, oh, pot, of gold, oh, pot of gold. Oh, that's good. That is good. I, I, oh. hey, I'm hey, great about that. Tone it down. Tone it down. You're scaring everybody. No, 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 no. I feel good about that, man. I rarely like let something like meet like that. I met it. That was good. 
That was pretty good. No, I like uh, I like Yuma Catholic coming out of it. Um, you know, obviously there's some pretty interesting teams as well in there, like Odyssey and Sue Parker and Kingman, but I just don't think that they're at that strength of what Yuma Catholic brings to the table. So I have Yuma Catholic running out of the West. I have Yuma Catholic sliding down the rainbow out of the West. Uh, see, I shouldn't I shouldn't have tried to do that again. You though. shouldn't have yeah, tried I it. Should, I should have stopped. I got Yuma Catholic as well. You know, there are some really good players here in the West, though. You have Parker with Leo Scott Jr. Like, just in their respective region, you got Tonopah Valley. Their point guard, Trent Larson, is averaging, like, the other night, I think he dropped, like, over, I think it was, like, 34 points or 38 points or something like that. And the wow. kid, the kid's kind of, he's playing really well right now. Odyssey Institute has a young kid, Hayden Maynard, who's, who's a really good kid. He had, like, I think in the same game that Leo Scott Jr. hit 1,000, he had like 28 or 27 points or something like that. So there's some good like individual players here. I think Yuma Catholic is the best team as well, though. They're going to come out of the West. The luck of the Irish. The luck of the Irish, mate. Wait, the, yeah, that was pretty crazy. good. You think so? I don't think so, but thanks, that was, man. That was a good little accent. Okay, let's move on to the South. This one is a little bit more interesting. Kind of. In the South, you got Catalina, you got Empire, Palo Verde Magnet, Pushridge, Sabino, Safford, and Tank Verde. My pick to come out of the South, and to me, this is really a two-person race as well. I got Sabino coming out on top of the South. Uh, I can see, I really believe it's just between Sabino and Pushridge. I think Sabino's going to gain the upper hand over Pushridge, but I think those games are going to be within like one or two points or something because both of those teams play with an edge and a chip on their shoulder. So, I got Sabino coming out. Sabino's got some great players. They got Weston Habig, who's averaging the, I think it's the most in the 3A right now. If it's not the most, it's like the second most or the third most. He's right there. He's really good. And then they're big as well. I mean, he's tough, man. Their offense is really good. I can kind of see with what Sabino runs in their offense. I can see Pushridge maybe getting into some foul trouble with all that screening action, the switching action with the big on there. But regardless... Uh, it's going to be close either way. I got Sabino coming out of the South. So I guess we don't really differ. We're pretty, we're two for two right now. Or I guess, you know, we differ on the first one, but I do as well have Sabino coming out of South. I do believe it's a two-man race. I was going back and forth between Pushridge and. It really uh, is anybody's game. I mean, it could be Pushridge, you know. I mean, it could be Pushridge. I mean, I was I was trying to have, just have some fun and probably throw Paulo Verde in there, but I just didn't really see that working. So, I mean. And just kind of pretty much what you mentioned of the two teams that play both play very hard, very aggressive. I've seen that Sabino, especially that now that they're shifting more into conference play and they're going to be going on a little run. I can see them going two and zero against Pushridge and coming out of the South. And if you look at Pushridge and Sabino, what's going to be fun about their matchup is they they're very similar styles. They pressure in the full court. They have really good guards. And even if you look at their schedules, they both played against really big schools early on in the season. I mean, it's just going to be a cool matchup for them. But I, I do think Sabino's going to come out on top. I agree. I agree. Okay. Okay, and then we've got the 3A North Central. you got Borgay Catholic, Camp Verde, Chino Valley, Fountain Hills, Northwest Christian, and Wickenburg. Uh, you know, we, we don't want to be biased. Uh, our our biased opinion obviously you know like we love our team we love our squad 
and uh, we we feel like we have a, a great team, you know. So our biased opinion is is I have me coming out. I think you have us as well coming out of the North Central. Uh, what's really going to be interesting in this is Fountain Hills uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we go over to Fountain Hills and play against them. That's going to be number two against number five, and they're number five, right? Yeah, they're number five. We we just flip flop with them. Yeah, so it's going to be number two against number five. That's going to be an interesting game. Going to be a great matchup between uh, Chino Salasaria and Xavier Mike. There's also some other really good players on both these teams. So yeah, it's just going to be that. That's that game is going to be pivotal to see where the rest of the region goes after that. And uh, yeah, I know that you agree with me on that, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on the same boat with you. Like, we're not trying to be biased. This ain't the Camp Verde show or anything like that. That's why we don't talk about us as much. Because it's about you guys, we like highlighting other teams as well. Because we're just basketball fanatics, and we just love covering small ball. But I do have us coming out of our North Central region, and like I said, Coach Bonner, what he's done at Fountain Hills, his offense is so fluid, so patient. The patient on those kids in the half court is insane. They will run their offense until you literally cannot play defense anymore, and then they'll get the right look right away. So I mean, two great teams two top teams that are going to be going at it tomorrow night. And we can mention that like a fan from Northwest or a fan from another school talked about how they haven't seen a high school kid or high school team run an offense the way Fountain Hills does. No, 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 no. That's not what they said. Or has cocky. No, 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 no. That's not <laughs> what they say. Then. My bad, so, my bad. So, so what you said is right. They were talking about their JV team. They said, I've never seen a JV team run an offense so sharp and so fluid. And then he said, you know what? I've never seen a high school team run an offense as good as Fountain Hills was running their offense. So you need to save that. That's funny. That's good. That's funny, right? That's going to be fun. Okay, let's move on to the Metro. Okay, we, we need to, like, uh, nickname the Metro to something else. Maybe the the metro transfer portal or something like that maybe we just uh, call it juco no not juco <laughs> okay so you got ala gilbert north arizona college prep benjamin franklin eastmark gilbert christian and valley christian who do you got coming out on top of this one so i went back and forth and even though gilbert north did beat valley i don't have them coming out on top I do have Valley Christian, you know, redeeming that win. I think Valley Christian is going to win out. I really do believe that. I think Valley Christian wins out of the region or out of the pretty much the rest, whatever games they got left. I know they got Benjamin Franklin. They got a tough team in Gilbert Christian, uh, Eastmark, and A. Gilbert North again. But I think that Gilbert North could possibly lose to Eastmark, especially with Eastmark's new transfers. So it's pretty much these kids from Perry are going to see each other. But, oh, hey. Long time no see. We used to play on the court together. But I think that what Eastmark, the physicality, the grittiness, uh, the way they play defense, the, I mean, especially with that pickup they got with them, it just helped them offensively. I just can see them at least stealing a game from Gilbert North. I got ALA Gilbert North coming out of the Metro. Okay. I, I like them a lot. And it's not just because of that transfer kid. Without the transfer kid, they were playing against some really good teams and competing great. So it's they, they were a good team before that kid came. I think one of the biggest X factors for ALA Gilbert North is Brandon Phelps. The kid's huge. He's a load. He can move. He's athletic. 
And from what I'm hearing, he's in like really good basketball shape now, not just football shape. So I don't know. He's, he's going to be a really good defensive stopper. I think they're going to be able to match up just fine with Eastmark. And I think the biggest thing when you play against Valley Christian is like, can you get over the wow factor at first, you know, and all these people getting all crazy about Caleb Shaw, you know, uh, I think once you get past that, you're going to be fine. ALA Gilbert North not only got past it, but they won. So I think as they match up against them the second time over at their place, I think they're going to be able to take care of them. I think ALA Gilbert North comes out on top of this region. I mean, I'm not, I'm obviously opposed. I'm going to agree to disagree because I do like what you said. I think it's so true. I think everything you said is pretty valid. I just think that Valley Christian saw what Gilbert North has and what they gave. And like I said, Caleb Shaw's a competitor. I'm not going to hype the kid up. You know, we've talked about this kid more than, I don't know how many times on the podcast. We talked about him a lot. We talked about Valley Christian a lot. I just think that their coach is going to figure out a way to limit Gilbert North. Because that's one thing about people that don't realize, like, uh, Valley Christian, they're not super big. Mm-mm. They're not big. Like, they're actually a pretty average size team. I think Caleb Shaw is, like, their biggest kid. He's, like, 6'5". And then their, their big is – um. That other transfer, I already forgot his name. Not his brother, but the other one. Yeah, he's a kid from Canada. Yeah, he's like six, 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 five. If that, he's he's not I think that. He tall. might be like six four, man. He's not that tall. When we saw him in person, I mean, he's taller than me because I'm short. But like, as far as like as our players and stuff like that, um, he didn't seem like a giant. So I mean, with Gilbert North's size, it'd be I think it's be that's probably what shook him up a little bit, especially someone when they had that transfer that was able to match up with Valley Christian, I think it's just kind of tough. They kind of threw Valley through a loop because they just weren't used to having a kid that's pretty much the same size as Caleb Shaw and probably maybe even a little more physical and just kind of like just rattle him a little bit. I don't know. Again, speculation. Speculation. Uh, Valley Christian comes out of the Metro for me. Okay, let's go to the South Central. You got LA Ironwood, Coolidge, Florence, Globe, Santan Foothills and Thatcher. I don't know if we're going to be different on this one or not. I think that this one is a pretty, I'm going to say clear cut, not because it's going to be easy, but I think Coolidge has proven time and time again that they're just winners. And I see them really running the South Central for the rest of the season. I got Coolidge coming out on top of the South Central. I mean, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm riding your coattail pretty you, much. You said before the pod that we we're gonna disagree, and you thought I was, I was, you were gonna be wild. I really thought you were gonna have like Florence and like we disagreed on LA and Valley. We disagreed on North, but for that's the most true, part, that's true. So I mean, when there's been some disagreements, it's uh, maybe I might get you on the East actually, but I mean, I agree with you. I mean, there's been times where we keep questioning Coolidge. But time, like you said, time and time after again and stuff like that, they just keep proving us wrong. They keep showing us why they're a legitimate contender. They show us why they can do and why they have the pieces to go as far as to the dance. You know, I like what they got. I was able to watch a little bit of the game when they played Thatcher. That was a really close OT win that they were able to pull off. Um, I just think some of the teams that they're going to be playing in the region, like Florence, Ailey, Ironwood, and Thatcher again, I think it's just been kind of interesting, but I do see Coolidge winning out. And again, it's not going to be like they're just going to blow everybody out. I mean, they're probably going to win, what, two of their last games in overtime by three. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be like that type of a game, a grinded out victory, because this region is just loaded. I mean, even Florence, who lost one of their best kids, uh, I think it was Chris Farmer, 
uh, they lost him, they still be ALA Ironwood, you know, I mean, they're, they're still super competitive and yeah, this region's just kind of beating each other up right now. So I do think Coolidge comes out on top, but it's not going to be, you know, like they're just blowing people out. It's going to be pretty close. Let's move on to the East and then we'll wrap this thing up. Okay. In the East, we got Blue Ridge, Holbrook, Payson, Sholo, Snowflake, and Winslow. Reyes, I'm going to let you take this one off. Okay. Who do you think comes out of the East? I'm going to be honest. I've been riding with them, even though they had a rough start, but I'm going with Snowflake. I am. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm going with Snowflake. And it's not that I don't like Holbrook, because I love Holbrook. They really – their program has shifted completely. Coach Johnson has done a great job with them in leading in the victories. Uh, I mean, like I said, Holbrook's on a roll. You know what I mean? They're picking up some great wins. I just like Sholo and how gritty they are. And you like mean the Snowflake? Last, oh, did I say Sholo? Yeah. Nah, not Sholo. Snowflake. I like what Snowflake has been able to do. They've already picked up, I think, out of their four games – They've won all four. They're four and zero. And then, granted, you know they did play Alcher State, so let's just say three and zero against Thatcher, Sholo, and Payson. Uh, they have Holbrook next on the twenty fifth. So I was just I'm, about to say that they have Holbrook on the twenty fifth. So I guess maybe, I mean we'll pretty much see the region championship there. But I just believe that Snowflake will have enough to get it done and come out of the region on top. So I disagree with you. I think Holbrook is. I think Holbrook's going to come out on top. I think they're the best team here in the East. The hard thing, though, is like, you know, Payson played them to a five-point game. Uh, you know, they're going to play against Snowflake, and I think that game's going to be super close. You know, the, I don't think these games are going to be blowouts. Uh, they have not – they played against Blue Ridge in a tournament, and they beat them by about 20. So, I mean, there's that. But I think Payson's going to be close again. And I could see Winslow, maybe Winslow competes better the second time around, you know. So I have Holbrook coming out on top. I really like their squad, especially because they've just played against some really good schools and they've had a lot of success. So I think Holbrook, it's not going to be easy. I think Holbrook comes out on top over here in the East. I mean, you could be right. I mean, the reason I was juggling between Blue Ridge because Blue Ridge is actually, I mean, obviously they're a good team. You know, they're one and one in the region as far as right now because they did drop that ball to Payson. And they said they play Sholo, but then right after that, that next day, they play against Holbrook. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but like I said, I just have Snowflake. I just think that not necessarily they're the better team. I just like the way that they're they're coached and the style they play, the intensity. Uh, I, that's why I just like Snowflake coming out of the East. These are our picks for each region. And, you know, we could be wrong. I think that we're going to be pretty close to right. But even if we are right, it's going to be on – it's going to be really close. All these things are going to be super close because all these teams are super competitive. We're going to get out of here. Unless, Reyes, you got anything else you want to say? Just stay tuned for some interesting episodes coming to you later. We're going to have a coach coming on the show that we're going to put in the hot seat. And uh, we think it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, you just look forward to that. We'll let you know a little bit more about some of those details coming up soon. Oh, super quick. I, You guys, if you think we're wrong and you think you can make some picks, maybe me and Jeff will go back and forth. Maybe we'll do a social media contest just for you guys 
And maybe you guys pick who you guys think are going to come out of each region. If you guys are right in the 3A, 2A, 1A, whichever conference you decide to choose, maybe we'll throw in a little prize for you guys. You know, that's just something to look out for. So stay tuned. We're going to get out of here. If you guys want to be involved in the show, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just keep up with us. If you're rolling with us, you listen to us every single week. Make sure that you hop on Apple Podcasts and write us a review because that helps us so much. Uh, We love you guys, and we want to thank you guys for supporting the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, and we'll catch you next week.